come on. Yay! There we go. Right, I've, I've got to do this stuff, haven't I, tonight? Because it's a little bit yeah. different. So, go on. hello, Anchor. everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working, I'm working <laughs> on it. Good evening. Welcome. Uh, so, tonight, you'll notice uh, there's a little bit of difference. It's, it's not that uh, anybody's had a sex change or anything like that. We've got a new guest on and we're missing the person <laughs> that normally runs things. So it's going to be down to uh, uh, an incompetent individual to clock watch. Uh, it's not not best around for that sort of stuff. Um, but obviously we've got the My Ugly Mug and we've got the, the wonderfully handsome Will and special guest, uh, Dr. Luke Greenwood, who's uh, joined us this evening. Uh, and we're going to surprise him with lots of in-depth questions. Uh, just try and probe. Not at all, probe. not at all. It is, it is just a chat. Um, so normally I get interrogated about how my week's gone, but for for I can have a rest for a few seconds. So <laughs> I'll probably be gentle with you, Luke, and we'll ask Will, how's your week gone, mate? My week? Well, good to be here. I can just feel the testosterone in the room now, you know? Yeah. Going to be talking about <laughs> fighting and football. Yeah. Probably start arm wrestling. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? My week was more of the same. You know, general yeah. implant monkey um, with some general dentistry thrown into boot. So uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, again, we, we talked about being quite busy, which still surprises us. I think you know. So. Uh, closed off a load more treatment plans this week, especially over in Dorwich. So that was good. So it's kind of business as usual, really. And I'll, I'll be interested to hear how Luke feels about, you know, how he's got back into the swing of things. So, you know, for, for me, more of the same. Busy, yeah. happy to be so. And, you know, just... While the going is good, I think, you know, perhaps there is a, a sea change in the world or the economy or the UK coming up at some point. But I think for now, it's just, you know, getting in there, working it while we can. Yeah. And Luke, yourself, you're, you're well, how long have you been back now? Oh, God. Um, Mid-June. Mid- Mid-June. Then That's good. During the lockdown at Sally Park, Hugo and I were running the emergency phones over over that period so yeah we were, uh, it was well was, we were doing week on week off so but yeah back back in from like mid-june yeah so so was that just like triaging and then sending them out to the udcs yeah them sorry you lovely patients them <laughs> <laughs> them Remember antibiotics if they needed to yeah stuff like that really and how how busy was that? How busy was it until you could open back up again? Like, I just probably, well, I don't know, really, because the thing is, we never answer the phones, do we? Like, all the, the reception team deal with all that sort of thing every day. So, yeah, my experience is probably like five, six phone calls every day, sometimes more. Okay. Yeah. That's not that's not quiet, is it? That's a fair few. Oh, uh, and yeah. like people remotely like that was just so hard yeah it's rubbish to be like i'm what an hour and 10 hour and 15 minutes away from the practice so if i had to go out and meet some i'd often go out meet someone to give them antibiotics if they got swelling be driving home and then someone else phoned me and i'd either have to turn back or say i've got to go we go in tomorrow again or something so 
It was difficult. It wasn't easy. You should have had a little dispenser on the door, you know, that you could just you could just put fifty p and help yourself to a a week supply of amoxicillin. (laughs) There you go. Why didn't we all think of that? I know, like it was one of those little Pez dispensers. Yeah. So, Luke, tell me, how was um, the process of referring people forward to the urgent care centres? Because, to be honest, I never got to that point where I had to refer somebody, thankfully, but it looked as though I needed to have some sort, because I'm totally private, and I didn't have, I was trying to get one of those NHS emails that you were supposed to have in order to, make it work so i mean thankfully you know i tried to get one and obviously that was a non-starter so i don't know how it all worked for you well so i work at three practices hugo's at selly parts fully private so we haven't got we haven't got an nhs email account or anything like that my dad's practice and then elmhurst and harborn have both got really small nhs contracts um but from selly park we were just sending them from our own practice email and they were picking them up okay and what was their lead-in time or is he frozen he might have done i don't think he can stay still for that long which it's not one of those gags again is it no i don't think so hang on a sec no no i don't think it is i think his i think his internet connection's dropped try, try tickling him See if that works. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so well, did, but, did you have any issues with that? Because, I, I mean, you're obviously roving implant guy as well. So, yeah. presumably, everything just went to the general practice switchboards that you would have been part of. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, so, you sat at home just yeah, watching, yeah. watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Coughing at the beginning, and then um, you know, as, as it went along, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to see if I can invite him, but we'll carry on chatting. Um, so yeah, it was. It, I got asked a few questions by uh, a couple of the owners. Um, you know, there were one or two little, uh, sort of like a healing abutment might have come off, yeah. um, but but nothing, nothing really, because because I don't do any of the general work. Um, do you do you ever get the phone call? My implants come out, like when a heat yeah. bump come out, yeah. and like yeah. you kind of like, no, it's no, you sure? And they're like, once in a blue moon, sometimes says their implants come out, and actually their implants come out, but not very often. Anybody who's who's watching, yeah. But, but by and large, it's yeah, it's it's healing abutments. So that little healing abutment, yeah. I'm going to send a photograph. Uh, um, that's a good idea. So, hi, mate. Sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Um, it's, it's, it's the problem with uh, you on BT Sky. Oh, no, we're uh, we're on um, Airband, which is like a rural Wi-Fi. It's like a yeah. Wi-Fi. It's good, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> normally. Does, but, yeah. No, it's fine, mate. It's absolutely fine. Problem is, you're obviously in some big country manor, I reckon, by the looks of the, uh, yeah. the beams in the background, you know. And it's just not getting through from the West Wing, I think, just to... <laughs> Fourth end of the house, so... Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> Where did I get to anyway? Sorry. 
We oh, would referrals to uh, urgent care centres and that kind of thing. And oh, did you did you not hear any of my response to that? Yeah, yeah, we heard a little bit. And then you just froze, and Will thought you were taking the mic out of him. We tried tickling you, but it didn't work. Yeah. So I, we we just sent them from Hugo at Selly Park from our normal practice email. They didn't have any. So, but then actually getting people seen that was a different story. Okay. So you know it would be like well. You need to, you need to give them antibiotics first before we'll see them, even right. though they're not indicated in the slightest. You still need yeah. to go through the process, and if they're still having problems, then we'll see them afterwards. So, Hugo and I had some heated backward and forward emails with the uh, hubs regarding um, regarding that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, it seemed as though unless you were dying or you were getting a swelling that was going to occlude your airway they weren't that interested oh and even now i've tried to send a couple um from dad's practice nhs patients and now it's even harder to get them seen like they just won't see them basically but if you send them to send people to the dental hospital as well they wouldn't see anyone but presumably that everyone can be seen in practice now, I guess. So they're probably... I think Luke probably talks... Is, is you talking maybe more of the COVID-positive potential cases or um, the higher risk, maybe? Well, like from an NHS... I mean, you, no, neither of you guys work in the NHS, do you? No, no, no. So we don't really fully understand it. At no. level now, we're supposed to be prioritising emergency and treatment that was cancelled from pre-covid yeah so shouldn't be seeing any examinations or anything that's um on you know new basically so anyone that's had a problem and we can't accommodate immediately say for example we're booked up now for three weeks at my dad's practice so if they've got an urgent problem like that was what the hub was meant to be there for that we could send people and they could get seen quickly but now it just doesn't happen so yeah, I actually, I, yeah, I, I wasn't connecting that, but uh, I worked in a practice yesterday and they've got a big NHS contract and they're telling me that they've had to cancel all their examinations until January to deal with the backlog of everything else. And yeah. the sad news that I heard is that uh, pretty, a couple of the dentists that work there have basically just given up, uh, handed the notice in, don't want to do dentistry anymore, got too stressed about it um and you know uh, are not really kind of um sort of surviving on mm. on on how it works um so they've kind of not not ha not handed in the notice to go and find another job in dentistry just given up gone. um yep yeah, gone um you know it's just just that's it um which is really sad to hear because they're they're young uh mm. like you luke you know they're not they're not like me and will and, that's all uh, crops yeah, are... yeah but you know then then there's 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 lots of issues that go with that there's the issue of how they felt and how they've been treated uh not by the practice i hasten to add but by by the nhs i guess you could say and then the after effects of that is what happens to the patients because you've got to get someone in then to come and look after those patients and i can't imagine anybody wanting to come in and and look after those patients so then the uh, that then goes on the people that are already there and just keeps stacking up and stacking up and stacking up. Now this, we're talking about dentistry. This has got to go across the whole of healthcare. I would have thought, 
Then um, the problem is that we're getting so many new patient inquiries wanting NHS treatment because people can't get in anywhere because everyone's trying to deal with their own patients. That yeah. people with problems that haven't got dentists that's stacking up as well. But like you say, it's happening across the board. I'd have thought. Yeah, I mean, my understanding, and you can correct me, Luke, was that the NHS were going to carry on paying X amount as long as 20% of the work was being done. Is that still the case? Yeah, so, but that, look, don't quote me as golden on this because I'm not. No, no, not at all. It's fine. It, yeah, 20, as long as you were doing 20% of your activity from between, I think it was June, July and August, um, or July, August, September, I can't remember, but as long as you were doing that, you were going to get paid your full contract value minus a fee for lab bills that they said that obviously you won't be paying lab bills, so they're going to take that back off you. But that 20%, so that included, it wasn't based on UDAs, so um, that was on, if you were doing a telephone triage and recording that, that counted as one submission of a patient. So, like, <laughs> I know I know of some practices, that won't name names, but that you could just sit at home and telephone triage everyone and still be doing your activity and still be getting paid all of your contract money. Is it felt that there's going to be a day of reckoning within the NHS that to, they're going to want to start clawing things back? Something's got to happen, isn't it? We just yeah. don't know. And they, they want... So if you've got an NHS contract, they want you to fill out a triage form for every single patient that's booked in at that practice. Even if you've, you, they're private patients, they want you to fill in their details online um, every time you've spoken to them on the phone and record that. So, so we, no one really knows why they want that data and why, they, why they're interested in what... You, you don't distinguish between private and NHS on there, but why, why do they want all that information? There's something... I, I don't know, but, yeah. You imagine the extra paperwork, that's... Yeah, uh, yeah. Like us and perhaps at Harborn, you know, it's the paperwork's just massive. Well, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, they're, they're utilising your time nicely so that you can spend clinical time looking after your patients rather than doing paperwork. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear that they've got that sorted. And then they want they want information. We've got to submit information about um, staffing hours and all sorts of stuff like that. Fine uh, as well. I reckon it's all evidence to hang you with at some point down the line, <laughs> potentially, isn't it? You cynical so-and-so. Call me a cynic, but... Oh, man's like, he's, he's just like, you know, at some point they're going to... Uh, they want it so that they can they can say to you, well, you were doing this, why we were paying you, why why haven't you done this sort of thing? So Yeah. It, yeah. It's disappointingly, I think you're correct. Uh it's one of those I told you so ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean in terms of sort of AGPs and things like that, I mean, are you doing many AGP treatments? Um, you know, you're having to you're having to do many of those. Yeah. Yeah. And how how are you managing with that? I mean, I, obviously, I'm aware of Salioke and you, you potentially have a spare surgery, potentially, depending on, on how that works. So you could continue the care while you get the fallow time in the other one. 
Yeah. But I don't know what that's like in the other practices. Is that something that you can manage or is something that hits you hard? Oh, like at, at Dad's, we're just, it's just a one man band there, really. So we're yeah. doing a little hygiene surgery. So um, um, we were just booking like the one, basically, an, an AGP was taking a whole session, really. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we, we booked a load in now, and then they've just changed the, fallow time things out there so we can we've got to go back through now and look at that and see if we can tag some patients in on the end of those treatments um but yeah it's it's hitting us hard have you um, uh invested in any of these virus killers and air cleaners no so you've got the wall aperture system like uh like many of us have which works very well so we're all going to be sitting there aren't we in our kind of ski jackets and gloves with the windows wide open sort of come the winter getting absolutely soaked for the sake of our half an hour and our 10 air exchanges per hour nobody's going to care they're just going to be too wet and too cold you're going to start me off mate you're going to start me off well obviously i'm doing the little prod i'm just yeah 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 you can take it from take it from here carl i'll let you i'll go on air changes or anything well you haven't you haven't invested in any like circuit you know anything. no 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 i mean if if you watched us ranting sort of back in the summer oh, no, i'm ready um uh, where carl was sort of frothing at the mouth and foaming like he had rabies uh when he started discussing the evidence behind um you know the rules that were that were coming in i think we sort of decided that it was best to hold off on the investment really uh, you know i wish i'd maybe invested in the companies that were importing them and selling them you know there was a window of opportunity wasn't there to make a lot of money um but i think now yeah that's probably gone well i, I got i got all excited because the uh the phe released their updated document with uh, the, the tables in the 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 high risk the medium risk and the low risk and i i, I scanned table two and uh, I thought, oh, crikey, they've seen sense. They, they're regarding, you know, dentistry as low risk. Uh, so it's back to face masks and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting in there with some AGPs. And then they put the little disclaimer at the bottom saying that we regard dental patients as medium risk. So you're still on for your, your respirators. And I, it's kind of like that. <laughs> oh, uh, I, you know, that, that, you, you lift me up and then you smack me in the face with you know your, your little yeah. caveat at the bottom yeah. and with no evidence again no logic behind it um and it, it really took me off but i was listening to a, a webinar and they had a, a couple of representatives from not from phe but from sage and and someone else and one of the i can't i'm going to paraphrase can't quote but basically said well you know, it's 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 one of these things, and we saw it when uh, HIV or AIDS came along, and we saw it with the hepatitis patients, and we we overreact initially, and then when we kind of realise that we're overreacting, and we start getting the um, sort of robust data in, then we relax and we realise that universal precautions are actually working really nicely, and I'm I'm not going to swear, but I thought, well, I'm going to say if you've done that in the past and you've realized that you've overreacted and what you were doing was correct not only for the hepatitis patients but not only for the aids hiv patients as they were quoted as saying then why are you doing it again 
surely you should learn from your mistakes that this overreaction and this, you know, so push back on these people and make them realize. And I, I've since read little comments that there are certain people in public health England who should be ashamed of themselves that have not listened to the evidence and, and really pushed hard on the uh, fallow time without any evidence at all and really pushed that down as part of the regulations that we're having to go through, not only us, but other areas of healthcare, which I find terrible because the ultimate people that pay the price are the patients. Um, which is, you know, I thought if you're there to protect those people and you're there to make their uh, healthcare better, but actually what you're doing is harming them, it doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, uh, back to I'll, the I'll start frothing now, Luke. No, that's good. I like it. That's what we want. We want the, we want the, we want the screen sort of getting furred up with your froth. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, I think, you know, a lot of these people are sort of looking out for their own reputations and jobs and, you know, what if, you know, fair enough. No harm in being a little bit cautious. But at yep. the same time, these are often the people who, kind of preach everything must be evidence-based and if we don't do things that are evidence-based then you know all sorts of people can potentially come down on this like a ton of bricks can't they yeah so you know there's there's a certain double standard there so but here's here's the question so is there a chance or a likelihood of further lockdowns involving dental practices closing you asking me or luke or both anyone whoever wants to pitch in so I don't, I don't think we'll ever get to a situation where we close, uh, and and I think I think that was a mistake to to start yeah. with, although it did allow um, probably the SOPs to come out in some shape or form. But whether I agree with those or not is is different. That's for another webinar, maybe. I think yeah. that it gave the opportunity to people to get their kind of heads around how they wanted to look after patients, uh, protect the patients, and protect the staff. Um, however. I think we'll probably find that actually what we were doing was safe enough um, and it's okay to take these extra precautions. I think the idea that we were saving the PPE for the centres uh, didn't really, it wasn't really necessary and I think we've seen that. So we're not seeing the spikes and it's sad to say, but in the death rates, uh, when you look at the, the cases and you compare them to the death rates, we're not seeing the same as we were seeing originally. So I can't see I can't see any logic behind closing dental practices again. Um, I can't imagine that those death rates are going to any anything like they were before. And then it begs the question about how effective these tests are that they're doing um, and the effectiveness of the testing that, that they're coming through. Any false positives? How are they doing those? How are they how are they focusing those tests? So what was it like originally with cases compared to how it is now? We won't know because we weren't testing like we are now. So, you know, yeah. do you want me to run for prime minister? <laughs> or, or president. Yeah, yeah. Even, I don't know. What, what are your views, Luke? I can't see them closing us again. I just can't see it happening any. Uh, I mean, I was speaking to my um, mate that I qualified from university and he's in... Uh, he works in Blackpool, I think, or somewhere around that area. And they're tier three now aren't, uh, up there, aren't they? And they're operating, well, not as normal, but as we would be down here. They're not, they're not doing anything different. And I can't see them closing us, like Carl says. I, I, I just don't see how, how that would benefit anyone. Like, I, just, I don't know. But then 
I said when when it was all kicking off in the first place, I said to Hugo and I said to Ian, I said, "This is gonna, we're gonna get closed here." And they were like, "No, no, they just won't close us, and it's not gonna happen." And then look what happened. So, mm. yeah. But I, I think on the other hand, we are quite a noisy profession, and I think we're pretty good at getting mobilised quickly, which obviously is what happened um, with the British Association of Private Dentists, you know. I think everybody kind of jumped on top of that. You know, I was there badgering my local MP and councillors and that kind of thing. And I think generally politicians have got enough on their plate and want an easy ride, don't they, generally? And they probably just think, oh, those blinking dentists, you know what I mean? <laughs> Can we be bothered putting up with them shouting and screaming again? So I, I, I suspect that's part of the reason as well. Apart yeah. from the shambles of dental care whilst we were locked down, I mean, you know, my weeding was immaculate and the lawn was looking great, but yeah. you know, all our yeah. patients' teeth had turned to crap, hadn't they, really? So there you go. I know, I know. And, and you know, I mean, it would be interesting to see what the research that comes out from Birmingham Dental Hospital is about the, the dental healthcare workers and their sort of COVID rates um, and how that compares to other healthcare workers but I mean now we're sort of back at it and I'm visiting practice and talking to people and, and chatting to staff um, and those people that have been for tests um, we're not really seeing you know that 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 worrying concern that they seem to have had that dentists were going to be spreading COVID mm. uh, not only between their staff and the dent the clinicians the reception staff the nurses the whole support team but also into the population because we're so filthy as they kind of give us this perception of which is a real shame it's about time they actually realized you know they could they could learn from how we work a hell of a lot yeah uh, and how fantastic that the not only the clinicians and the support staff but the whole dental industry understands uh cross infection and universal precautions compared to other healthcare industries, I, I think we're, we're right up there um, because of the way that we work and we are sort of performing surgeries uh, on a daily basis. And for mm. that reason, as you said before, Will, you know, we're used to dealing with what we regard as uh, potential contamination uh, and how we don't make, we make sure that that is not passed on to the other patients and the team. So we've always been like that. We've always worked like that. I think I think as a profession, we certainly got our house more in order from say when I first graduated, yeah. you know, in, in <clears throat> from everything in terms of medico legal documentation, probably maybe a little bit too far in some respects, you know, with almost having our own regulatory bodies turning against us over the years. But in some ways it probably has helped us as a profession get our house totally in order. Yeah. which has maybe helped us down the line, you know, for where we are now. I mean, how do you feel about it, Luke? I mean, do you get, I mean, I'm I'm probably a little less stressed about things like uh, the GDC and and defensive dentistry. Um, I don't really, I don't really think about that when I'm treating patients. So I look at the patient and treat the patient. But do you feel that you've got, do you get stressed? Do you get a little bit worried about your, your dentistry and your notes and, Making yeah. sure that, yeah. Uh, see, that's... In, like, I probably wouldn't show it, but, like, every time I'm terrified, something like that will happen. I'm done. 
people tell me, you know, so particular with everything. And that's yeah. it, because I'm, I have to think that every patient is a bad way of thinking. Well, then, when we're I, losing, we're losing you a bit there, Luke. Yeah, I you're breaking up a little bit, mate. You're breaking up. You hear me now? Yeah. yeah. And it that that sort of mentality that was drummed into me a little bit at university. That were, you know, hot on it. So, can you hear me all right now? Yeah, it's breaking up a little bit, but breaking up a little bit. I just repeat what you said: is that you 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 are worried about uh, sort of litigation with all your pay, all of your patients that you're looking after, and that that was kind of what you were taught at um, at uni. Yeah, um, to kind of practice as a, as a litig. I think that there's a difference between the idea of contemporaneous notes, which is basically writing down what you do when you're looking after patients. And then worrying that there's this sort of Damocles over your head where the GDC are going to come down on you like a ton of bricks for a accidentally burping in the surgery. And, you know, this fear that all of your patients are out there to get a bit of money out of you. Um, and it's, it's a real sad state of affairs that that's how you feel. Um, and that that's, and that's actually imprinted from a university kind of standard. But I think there's a difference between teaching how to do things correctly and how to do things in fear and that kind of fear is i don't think the right thing that we should we should be getting rid of that and still doing things right um but doing them out of fear is wrong that's the wrong way to do it i think um, but I, think I, I, I understand it i think i've been doing it for a bit more time not as long you become a i've become a little bit more sort of confident in my own ability and what doing and you know things like that so i think probably just a bit of experience. yeah you're just breaking up a tiny bit luke again I, th I think i think perhaps with age comes a bit more confidence as well um yeah. certainly from you know when we used to start you'd have a is it an FP17 bit of paper, which was the paper record? Yeah. And there'd be a whole line that just said EXSP. <laughs> SP sound, scale, and polish. Yeah. SPA, SPD, SPC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would literally just go all the way down the card. So you'd have a couple of years worth, you know, on one side. And that and that was that was the notes, really. So, you know, that was that was when we started. It was it was that kind of thing. You know, but you didn't give it a you didn't give it a second thought. You know, a lot of patients were very deferential, and you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, times have changed. And to be honest, I I don't overly worry about it. Probably the sort of stuff that you and I do, Carl. Maybe we should in some respects, but I just think if you know you, you're likely to get caught for something totally innocuous. Um, again, touch wood. I've had very few you know, run-ins over the years and, and the odd ones which have been completely ridiculous and have, you know, been dealt with very, very quickly. Um, but, yeah, th those are the ones that when you least ex expect, really, you know. And, and at the end of the day, I just think, you know what, if someone's going to get me, they're going to get me. And what, what are you going to do? Do you know what I mean? I, I take more of a philosophical approach to it now. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm pretty happy that I've invested so much, as, as probably you all have, 
you know, in your education, in your further education to deliver what you would hope is like above and beyond, you know, a, a good standard of, of dentistry or implant dentistry, you know, it's just maybe that's an age thing. You just think, do you know what? Is what it is. Yeah, I think so. I think it just comes with time. Yeah. Wonder Luke. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could be like us. <laughs> you know, I know. You hear me? Am I all right? Go on, go on. I'm going to say that, like, if you're, if you're not second guessing yourself, I think sometimes you can get yourself into trouble as well. So, you know, I think a little bit's probably a good thing. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think definitely, def I don't think complacency is the right way to be. But are you two drinking? <laughs> Not a very good alcohol free yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah got a cup of coffee cup of coffee <laughs> you teetotalers i know we had, we had a parish council meeting the other day uh, i'm on the parish on our little parish council and uh my mate was sipping out of his coffee cup and he he texts me and goes they don't realise that I've actually got beer in my coffee cup. <laughs> That's brilliant. Wasn't, wasn't getting Larry, was he? And, uh... No, he was behaving. Yeah. Oh, good. I, can t I can tell this story now because the person's retired. But many years ago, uh, when we were doing a tutorial, um, I, the clinician that I was working with said, I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the canteen in a little bit. And uh, I said, okay. So I ran the tutorial, and then you have that—you had that space of about five or ten minutes before the clinic started. And I, I wandered into the the canteen, and he said, "Ah, oh, you know, there's a there's a coffee for you." And then he went into his pocket, pulled out a little hip flask, and and poured whiskey into into the coffee. It's about ten o'clock, and I'm going, "What?" You know, it's like what? Like that. And he goes, "Oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it every Thursday." Yeah. You know, keeps, keeps the hand steady go on you know <laughs> it, it, it'll get you through the morning with these guys and i think <laughs> old, old school yeah it was yeah it was a long time ago it was a long time ago last one no it's a long time ago it's before it's before luke uh, started doing dentistry let's put it that way so it was a long time ago yeah it's before i before i could grow one of these Oh, look at that. It's coming on a treat, isn't it? I love yeah. it being. You're next. You, mate, you're next. That's the, but, that's the why I'm most annoyed. I'm so pissed off. I have to keep shaving all the time. It's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. For your, for your, borrow that hood that Mike's got. Then you can have a beard. Then you can have a beard like that. Yeah. Into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, I I think we've run over again. Time, yeah, time please, yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. So, Luke, thank you very much. Will, thank you. Uh, cheers, Thanks guys. Everybody for listening. Luke, if you if you're up for it, we'll get you back on again, mate. Yeah, whatever. We'll whatever. Try and, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. These young people, huh? Yeah. No, it's been great, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Uh, cheers. Thanks for uh, joining in and putting up with us. Um, and you know, hopefully, if you are, if you are keen, you didn't say anything. Then I've got to be honest with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you. Yeah, but no, it's been cheers, mate. Really appreciate it. So thanks everybody. 
Have a, have a great weekend. Good weekend, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye.